This is an exclusive presentation from Federated Media, Unholstered. Welcome back. Happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. We are back in the saddle here on Unholstered. My name is Kayla Blakesley. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Scatina, and I am a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department. Welcome back to the show with full bellies. <laughs> full bellies. <laughs> I'm not really in work mode. I'm kind of in, you know, still staggering Absolutely. around mode a yes. little bit. Speaking of staggering around, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are still having our holiday theme going strong here on Unholstered. If you've missed any previous episodes, uh, you can download them anywhere you download a podcast. Just search for Unholstered. But today's holiday theme, and I think it's pretty appropriate coming off of Thanksgiving here, is really all about drinking and driving. And let's just say celebrating inappropriately. Let's put it that way. Yes. It's always one of our, I guess, biggest shows we have because I think people just generally want to be informed. They want to know how much they can drink mm-hmm. and they want to know, like, what are the details surrounding all that stuff? Like, what are we doing as a police department to combat drinking and driving? So I did bring on a new guest this time. He's never been with us, but he's been a long time um, pers- officer who's been involved with not only drinking and driving, but also the DRE part of our What's DRE? task force, so DRE stands for Drug Recognition Expert. So he's actually extra trained to spot uh, drugs. So whether they're prescription drugs or illegal illicit drugs, um, he and several other officers that are on the department are trained to specifically combat that kind of driving as well. So that's pretty baller. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> that so is I a can't... thing, and it's highly intensive. It's highly intensive training, and they do a great job. But I will let him introduce himself before we get started. Hi, I'm Mike Krieger. I'm a sergeant with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I work alongside uh, Captain Sophia Rosales in combating the impaired drivers. This truly is one of my favorite themes of episodes. Um, I think for me, the favorite part, I'll be honest with you, Mike, is to hear that Sophia drinks alcohol. Um, (laughs) Sometimes I think I'm one of them. You know, us average Joes, we're we're not within the Fort Wayne Police Department. So sometimes we just feel like officers are not human, right? Therefore, they don't participate in normal human extracurriculars. But we do know Sophia enjoys a good cocktail every now and then. I think that's my, yeah, a little little bit of bourbon now (laughs) and then. So I think that's my, my favorite what I enjoy so much about this episode is just kind of getting real with you guys. So I'm glad Sophia brought you on. First and foremost, I am just dying to know because this DRE program sounds awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you even get involved? <clears throat> so been in the department for quite a while. And after a couple of years, um, had really gotten involved in looking for drunk drivers and um, dealing with that. And... Uh, one of the sergeants at the time approached me and asked if I wanted to further my training, whereas in the academy we were taught for three days of how to um, identify a an alcohol-impaired driver. And the then he approached me and um, asked if I wanted to further the training in looking more for the drug-impaired drivers, which is kind of the same thing, but it's uh, kind of different at the same time. So um, definitely want to do that. And that was 22 years ago. Oh, wow. So you've been doing it for a while. I have so many questions. Yes, he's very well versed. That's why I brought him. (laughs) First of all, can you explain? And I know Sophia and I have talked about this, but for folks who maybe never listened to this show or maybe they didn't listen to that episode, what's the difference between a DUI and an OWI? Same thing. Some states use driving under the influence, whereas Indiana uses operating while under the influence. But it's the same thing. 
Um, so OWI can mean alcohol, or it can mean driving under a prescription drug or illicit drug. It, it's all the same thing in Indiana. How do you, so you were talking about, you know, you are trained to be able to stop impaired drivers do tell us the secret how do you spot an impaired driver i mean personally i would love to know that especially when you're out on the roads around the holidays it's a little bit late and it's like nope i kind of want to stay away from that vehicle Mm -hmm. you know i i would be able to pinpoint i think an obvious sign of you know some some swerving maybe not stopping at at a red light or a stop sign but is there more tricks to the trade there's really no tricks to the trade it's just using your senses Mm -hmm. uh just like you mentioned say if you're driving down the road and you see somebody weaving in front of you that's the exact same thing that we look for are those things that just catch your eye that that doesn't look normal that's not what a normal person uh would be doing so that's what catches our eye the first time is just the exact same things that anybody else driving down the, the street is going is going to look for and then once we have uh, a reason to stop that vehicle then it becomes a little bit more involved as to um, how the the drivers speaking, whether they're slurring their words, are they agitated? Are they not remembering the answers to the questions that we ask? And it just starts going on and on a little bit further. And what we're looking for is just that that problem they may have with dividing their attention between different tasks, such as um, getting your license and your registration, and answering where are you going at the same time. Whereas so a normal person with normal faculties would be able to do those simultaneously mm-hmm. at the same time, whereas somebody who may be impaired by drugs or alcohol is going to have difficulty dividing their attention between those tasks. And I want to kind of circle back to something you said, and Sophia, you can elaborate this too if you, on this if you want to, but you're not just <laughs> pulling over people. Like you said, there has to be a legitimate cause, if you will, to pull them over. Like, what are we talking about in terms of that? Yeah, it's well, it's failure to maintain your lane, driving over the left of center, going off the road onto the shoulder past the white line. You can't keep in that lane. That's a pretty high indication that you, something's going on. Either you're a distracted driver texting and you shouldn't be doing that either because that's against the law or you're probably impaired at some point or you're just not paying attention. So it's. So those things are infractions, then we get to then pull you over. One of the biggest things, though, that we see, and I know this has always been like a big percentage of of, of drunk drivers, is failures to turn your headlights on. Oh, um, really? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge indication that you, because, you know, when we're talking about one to two drinks, we're talking about impairment of the prefrontal cortex, which goes into the, like your behavior and your habitual behavior. So when those inhibitions go down by the amount you consume, the habits you're used to doing, you don't do. Um, so those habits of turning on the light, um, you know, and, and doing everything you normally do, they're, they're kind of slightly adjusted because of the alcohol um, and it affects on the brain. So mm-hmm. it's, it's quite interesting, you know, when you get into like the science of alcohol and the effects of the brain that it has. Um, man, this could be a whole other rabbit hole we can go down, but it's just really interesting to hear people talk about the effects of alcohol and what we deem safe, uh, a safe drug, quote unquote, is really not all that safe at all. Um, and I know this even consuming alcohol, you know, once in a while, um, I know it's not good for me, but if you're a regular user, it's even worse. Do you have to um, consume alcohol, Mike, for your training at all? Uh, we do not. Now, we do 
have individuals that come in and um, we dose them uh, according to specific charts and limits to get them to where they are at or around the 08.10 uh, mm-hmm. um, BAC level. So then we can um, train on identifying those characteristics of, of an impaired driver or impaired individual. I think Kayla wants to sign up for that. Yeah, I do. Uh, you I do. do. <laughs> I, it's very interesting. I did that back when they allowed us to do that. Yeah. I, I would go, I would drink, go in and drink. I volunteered to go in. I volunteered. Volunteered to go in. <laughs> Volunteers tribute for this one. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a really good thing to understand your own personal level and where you are. Because I was like an 08 and I was just hammered. Like Really? I went home. I fell on my bed. I think I slept for six hours. I was just I'm not a big drinker. I mean, yeah, yeah, I have one or two occasionally, but it's not an everyday thing for me. So I really, my limits of alcohol, you know, we've talked on the show, you know, I drink a drink, then drink a water, then drink a drink, then drink a water. And it's over the course of two or three hours that I may have two drinks. Mm -hmm. I normally limit myself to just two drinks when I'm out Um, because I know what my limit is because Mm -hmm. I still remember how I felt um, when I was doing that exercise. But on the other hand, you know, I just the abundance of caution um, because my job is what it is. I don't want to be on the front page of the newspaper like I would be if I yeah. got caught drinking and driving. Oh, for sure. And and your point oh eight is going to be really different probably from yours, right, Mike? Yes. I mean, yep. your body composition, yeah. your genetics, they all play yeah, into that. Yeah, women generally tend to have more fat on their bodies with you know breasts and just our thighs, our hips and things like that. And that's where alcohol likes to reside. Mm-hmm. So we tend to get inebriated a lot quicker than men Hmm. um they metabolize it faster because it doesn't store in their fat am i correct there i (laughs) think i remember um men tend to be more have more water in their bodies as in relation to their uh weight than what women do women just by nature have more fat um and so when it's the alcohol gets into the water in the bloodstream it starts getting up to the, to the brain, that's where you start having problems. But since hmm. men have more water in their bodies, say if she were to have four drinks and I were to have four drinks, my alcohol level would be lower than hers because it's been diluted by the water, the more water in, in my body. Like you said, oh, the whole science behind it yeah, is actually quite it's fascinating. So fascinating. Yep. Yeah. What do you run into more in terms of impaired drivers? Do you find most are under the influence of alcohol or do we have a lot of impaired drivers influenced by some kind of illicit drug? Mm-hmm. By far, uh, most of our arrests are alcohol related. Mm-hmm. And a good um, reason for that is when every police officer in Indiana has been gone through this 24 hours of training to identify someone impaired by alcohol. So we're very good at identifying that, and it's so much easier to test for alcohol. It's just a breast sample mm-hmm. or blood sample, whereas on the impaired drivers, on the drug-impaired drivers, there's a lot more testing that goes into it. Is this the, like, and, index finger-to-nose testing that yeah. you see on TV? Yep. <laughs> Is that when yep. that happens? And those tests work the same for an alcohol-impaired driver or a drug-impaired driver. We use the same tests for drug-impaired as we do alcohol. And they're just divided attention tests or standardized field sobriety tests. 
Yeah. And the drug and the drug tests are. I think they're. They just take a lot longer because there's yes. a lot more a lot of them more than we involved. do for field sobriety for alcohol. What do you mean a lot more? Like more of the the <laughs> index finger to nose things. They're different or? tests. So um, I know that you still do the nystagmus, the eye test. Yep. Um, blood pressure, um, mm-hmm. then you take that a couple times during the whole event. It takes yeah. at least an hour, I would yeah, say. What? 45 minutes. No kidding. Yeah, and you have to have the cooperation of someone, and not some people aren't readily willing to give that because they know what, what's going to be found. That, but, I mean, at what point then, if you're like, okay, I've drawn the conclusion, you clearly are on something. I, I mean, 45 yeah. minutes, an hour, and you're like, okay, now we're taking it in. I mean, yeah. where, how and when does that moment occur? So on the, well, either alcohol or drug impaired, it'll be the initiating, initiating officer is the one who will make the determine whether or not that person's going to be arrested. And in Indiana, there's, for alcohol, there's two different um, parts to the impaired driving law. And one is, if you test point zero eight or above, the state says you have had way too much to drink, mm-hmm. you can be charged. But you can also be charged below that level if you're impaired, such as your your mind or your 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 faculties are are impaired to the um, extent that your reactions have slowed down. You're not able to make the the competent decisions that you were had you been sober. Yeah, and those are all found through those tests that we do. Mm-hmm. So those show your level of impairment. What's interesting though about DRE, and I know this because I've sat in on some of these um, testing procedures, is that at the end. It is concludes with a blood draw, mm-hmm. and it is sent down to the state for toxicology. So what's interesting about like a drug test is like very rarely though that I've ever known any of these tests to go forward that there's only one drug in the system. Sometimes there are multiple drugs which can give you multiple reactions to the test. So you're thinking, okay, why am I getting this reaction mm-hmm. when I know they're on a depressant, but they're showing stimulant, you know, responses. And it's because they're on two different things. So, so huh. someone could be on like a stimulant like cocaine and then smoke a little weed, you know. So one's a depressant, one's a stimulant, and they're counteracting each other in the body and, and throwing off all different kind of markers. So until you get the toxicology back, that's when you know, yes, they had marijuana and that's, yes, they had cocaine. And wow, I was right. There were <laughs> two differentiating. So are they charged then with different levels of that? Like, okay, you've got marijuana, you've got cocaine, I don't know, whatever other drugs there are. Is that how that, like, how does the, the level of charges work? There's different sections to the um, OWI offense. And that one of them is, so if, if you test over 0.08 with the alcohol, mm-hmm. you can be arrested for that. If you're impaired by the alcohol, you could be arrested for that. If you have certain drugs say our schedule one drugs heroin um marijuana which is still illegal in indiana mm-hmm. um <laughs> good reminder thank you for that in your system you can be charged for those also and then there's also levels if you've had a previous conviction for operating while intoxicated within seven years that enhances from a misdemeanor to a felony and so there's those enhancers um also but yeah, it, so it's basically if you if you test a weight on alcohol or you're impaired by drugs or alcohol or if you have certain drugs in your system, you could be charged with any or all of those. Yeah, and now in Indiana, it cha- the law changed a couple of years ago, but if you refuse a blood test, we will draw your uh, – if you refuse a breath test, we will draw your blood. Yes. Oh. We'll get a warrant from the court to draw your blood 
if and do you get that right then and there right then Mm -hmm. and there while they're in the process of going through all the other tests if they refuse all those as well we'll sit and we'll wait for the warrant to come through and we will draw your blood when did that like is has it been like that in in, in Indiana? Three or four years? Uh, okay, yeah, so not five, that long. Five or six, yeah, maybe, maybe longer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're not gonna get away with it by just refusing. And there is a separate offense for refusing the blood test. You automatically lose your license if you refuse the breath test. Wow, yeah. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, so there's like a whole, and like I said before on the previous show, it's about a $10,000 hit, at, at least it was a few years ago, it's probably more now, to have an OWI charge by the time you're in with an attorney into fees from the court and into all the classes you have to take before. So you got really got to think to yourself, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Can I just call an Uber for 20 bucks or do I drive home? Yeah, that, in today's day and age, I just feel like there really isn't an excuse. I've said yeah. this a hundred times on this show before. If you can't afford the $20 Uber ride or what have you, you shouldn't be going out, Yeah, right? I mean, that's just end of discussion. Get yourself a sober friend. There you go. I mean, This might be a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I always grew up like this this myth. I remember my mom saying, oh, to my dad, oh, you can't drive. You've had all that NyQuil. You know, when you're sick, you take NyQuil, Sudafed, whatever. Is that true? Like, is there anything in certain kinds of, I'm going to call it over-the-counter meds that could potentially pop us for impaired driving? There definitely is. Oh, snap. you got to tell yeah, us what these are. My mom was yep. very smart. Okay. <laughs> okay. And here this whole time, I thought it was just one of those, you know, like fibs that they tell you to get you to avoid to do stupid things. Nope. No, go There's, ahead. Uh, yeah, one of our uh, seven drug categories. So almost every drug can be neatly placed into one of seven categories. And that's what we look for as a drug recognition expert. We don't say it's Xanax or it's Valium. I have no idea. What I know is both of those drugs fall into a certain category. And they'll um, provide or give me different, well, similar signs and symptoms for each of those drugs in that category. So that's what I'm looking for is I want to be able to determine what category of drugs they are, not a specific drug. That That's up to toxicology to, to test for that. So say on your, um, what was the Robitussin? Like NyQuil. NyQuil. Like NyQuil, yeah, any yeah. of them, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of those drugs contain what what's known as dextromethorphan, which is um, a cough suppressant, and that at taking a high enough level is very impairing, um, almost to the point of um, it can almost, you feel like you've separated your your mind from your body and you're up here looking down at your body and have no control over your body. It's a very strong drug if taken at high enough doses. I mean, think about it though, really in reality, you're taking those things most likely to get restful sleep Mm -hmm. because it just puts you to sleep. And if you're taking that before you're driving, what's gonna happen when you start driving? You're gonna start dozing off. Um, It's it's like you you will be impaired. There will be signs of impairment and you can be arrested for that. Mm -hmm. And popped for having for too much NyQuil. Yeah. NyQuil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially like a pseudoephedrine, if you get the one behind the counter mm-hmm. that you have to share mm-hmm. your ID for now. That, I love that. And I think they've still changed the formula. But it, man, when I took that when I was sick, I mean, it just knocked you out for like eight hours. I never woke up. Imagine driving like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, you mentioned these like seven categories. Can you mm-hmm. dumb them down so our, your average Joe's over here, what, what are those seven categories? Sure. So the one we're most familiar with is a, uh, depressant category and we call it a central nervous system depressant because it depresses your central nervous system your your bodily functions your it's going to slow down your mind your body um a lot of your clinical indicators like blood pressure and pulse and 
uh, temperature will all be affected by this. And that's where the biggest drug in that category is alcohol. So pretty much everything in a depressant in the depressant category is hmm. going to look like somebody who's impaired by alcohol. So um, I mentioned Xanax, Valium, a lot of prescription drugs fall in that antidepressants, antipsychotics. Um, the category almost exactly opposite is a central nervous system stimulant, and in there are your methamphetamine, amphetamine, cocaine. Those are the your uppers. That you know, you've seen photos or um, video of people on methamphetamine, and they're just they can't control themselves. Mm-hmm. Their arms, hands are going everywhere. Um, we also have the dissociative anesthetics, and that's where the dextromethorphan. Comes oh yes, in, okay. Where it uh, numbs the pain, but also you get that feeling that you're kind of floating above yourself, looking down. You have no control over your your body. Um, one of the big categories that we uh, have been doing with lately is cannabis, mm. uh, marijuana, um, then the concentrates like uh, wax and dabs. and That's probably going to get a whole lot worse, right, yeah, thanks to Ohio? Edibles. <laughs> yes. are, we're seeing a lot of edibles lately, yeah. gummy bears infused with THC. And remember, it is still illegal in Indiana. Yeah, you can go buy them in Michigan, but the minute you cross the the line to Indiana, mm-hmm. it is illegal to possess, and you can be arrested. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Um, narcotics, such as in that category, has the big one in that is heroin, uh, fentanyl. Those are the big, big ones in that. Makes sense. Categories. Yep. Inhalants. Um, mm. People that inhale. Gosh. Just about any paint, thing. gas, paint, markers, yep. all that, of it. Do people yes, still do oh, that? They still do yeah. that because it's cheap and it's readily available. You don't need an ID. It's not illegal to possess. Um, but you always know them because we have someone here in town that we all know. <laughs> and yes. over the years, I can't believe he's still alive. Um, but you just know all his mugshots have paint all over. Yeah. And, and the metallic paints, if I'm mm-hmm. not wrong, are yep, the most... Like the that paint. is so um, sad. Yeah, yeah, it is sad. It is very sad. And people look at that and they laugh. But really, it isn't funny. Because those things immediately go to your brain and just start eating your brain. Yeah, like you said, it's a wonder he, this, he, she, I guess, I don't really know, yeah. is still alive. Yeah. yeah. Last category. One more, right? Did I miss one? You got depressants, stimulants, cannabis, narcotics, inhalants, the antis, I don't know how to say that one. What's in your NyQuil's and your There it is. <laughs> we missing one? Or is that all of them? Oh, he's missing. He's trying to uh, think. One. <laughs> I, got, I got out of order. And... He didn't know this was a test. You know, <laughs> yeah. I guess I just didn't even realize, like inhalants, that's a category I guess I never would have thought of. Yeah. And most people don't because it's not your job to think of those. Right. I mean, you kind of, everybody probably classifies them as just stimulants or depressants because basically that they're doing one or the other. Um, at, at some point in time, but but for classification purposes, for law purposes, we do have to separate them. All right, let me ask you this. You know, it's the holiday season. Like I said, we're just coming off Thanksgiving. We know everyone goes out on Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. I was not one of those individuals. I was safely tucked into my home. But if you are out partying or whatever, I don't know, you, you're in an Uber, maybe you are the, the sober driver home, and you are picking up on some signs of impaired driving from a particular car, do you do you encourage you know your good Samaritans to call in that car, or what would you prefer in that scenario? I think we we do prefer that people call in. 
Um, we'll try to get someone there. Just all going to depend on manpower and where we are and how busy we are if we can get there. But Especially most, around the holidays, huh? But as, around the holidays, though, we do beep up our our OWI, OWI patrol. So we have extra patrols on duty. But again, that's an extra assignment. And at the holidays and people are off. So are they really to me? We, we have we don't have that many people working them, but we do have some. But we do prefer that you call them in. You can use a 911 line if you think it's emergency. You can go through the police desk, uh, the non-emergency number, 427-1222. Um, you know, if it's, it's, if it's severe, if they're causing a crash or almost crashing into people, yes, that's a 911 call. If you just think someone might be like, hey, here's a license plate, they're headed this way. We don't require that you follow them. It's helpful if you do, so we have updates on where you are. But we don't want you to get into any kind of altercation with someone because you're following right, them right. as well. So we want your safety to be paramount. Yeah. And from an impaired driving standpoint, if we have um, uh, someone, a motorist, that will call us and provide us that information, when it's real time, we're much more able to locate that person. Plus, it's so much good when we were to go to court that we said, a person who has no special training recognize this person as an impaired Good driver. Point. yeah. Yeah, and I tell you, one of the best, why well, this happened twice is I'd be going to jail with a drunk in the back seat, and the drunk pointed out the drunk in front of oh, me. Geez. He recognized oh, that the person in front of us. Oh, that's so funny. That, that's happened twice, and that, oh. was, that was perfect. Okay, real quick, the seventh category was hallucinogens. Hallucinogens! <laughs> there Those we drugs go. that cause hallucinations. <laughs> it was going to bother you, as, wasn't it? Yep, peyote, um, <laughs> Ecstasy. ecstasy. That's a big one. LSD, mushrooms. Ecstasy. Yep. Really quick, I've only got you for like 30 more seconds here. But I mean, Sophia, you said it. I wanted to circle back to it too. Is the yes, you have extra, you know, guys, gals out patrolling for OWIs, but or impaired driving in general. But what about we always see increased DUI, OWI checkpoints this time of year as well? I mean, we do not do checkpoints. You don't do those. Do okay, that was my that. question. No. So that's by county, I'm assuming, or ISP? Uh, yeah, county, ISP may do them. I don't even know if I they do them they anymore. Yeah. So you're just um, doing the we maybe some We just do regular traffic gotcha. control, and we just look for those infractions that people are making or the impaired swerving, failing to maintain a lane, crossing the middle line, crossing the shoulder line, gotcha. you know, those kinds of things, not having your headlights on. <laughs> I think there's a 33%, I think it's 33% um, of the time that someone doesn't have their headlights on that they're impaired. That is nuts. So, so stay away from that driver. Yeah. So there's like the a whole list too. of things that people do that are like listed by percentage of how much they're going to be, how many times they'll be impaired. Absolutely fascinating. Mike, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Happy holidays to you. Mary. I guess <laughs> at this point, Merry holidays. Christmas. Thanksgiving is behind yes. us. Holy don't smokes. I cannot believe it. it. As you're on the roadway, maybe, you know, traveling for the holidays, don't forget you can download the Unholstered podcast and listen while you're driving. You can download it anywhere you download a podcast. Your town, your team, your topics. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Unholstered. Podcasts by Federated Media.